0: Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Wheel Show, the mobile university of entrepreneurs, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Today's guest is Noemi Pavone. Uh, she is an entrepreneur, former administrator, And we're gonna talk about her journey into consulting, the work that she is doing, and the impact that she is hoping to make. And as you know on this podcast, we're all about educators creating that side hustle and multiple streams of income. So sit back, relax, listen, and enjoy. And always remember to leave your comments. So for those who will be listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Simplecast. Naomi, Noemi, no will you please introduce yourself? I'm just jacking that up today.
1: <laughs> it's all good. So, <laughs> hi, everyone. I am Noemi Pavone. I am the founder and principal of the Pavone Firm. Uh, at the Pavone Firm, we offer and enable world-class leadership, uh, professional development, as well as strategic organizational management and we specialize in education and we also customize our services for our nonprofits small businesses and government agencies um, former like you said i'm a former teacher um, middle school administrator high school principal and i'm excited to jump in
0: awesome awesome so tell me about your backstory how did you find yourself where you are now
1: Yeah. So when I think about my story, I always like to start with um, my why. And um, I want to take it back to just briefly to high school. Um, When I was in my senior year, uh, by the way, born and raised in New York, uh, Long Island. And so um, in my senior year of high school, I remember just hearing about College and um, I didn't really know much about what I needed to do to get into college, or the fact that I needed to take a test, or that I needed to have certain grades. But um, I was directed to go to my high school guidance counselor. I was super excited. Went into his office, sat down, and I told him how much I wanted to go to college, and I I was willing to do whatever it took to get there. And I distinctly remember this silence filling up the room and he had glasses, he lowered his glasses, he paused, he looked at me, and he said, listen, you're trying too hard. Why don't you just get a job, a a job around here, and go to the local community college? And so in that moment, um, while getting a job was something I could do, and going to the community college was an option, that is not what I was presenting at the table, and um, in that moment, I was infuriated, but also at the same time, I was just even more committed to relentlessly uh, pursuing my vision of going to and through college and um, and so for whatever reason, you know in, in that moment, I believe that he saw me as Um, a person of color coming from the community on the other side of the train tracks where, you know, um, kids really weren't graduating. And so it was a a false stereotype uh, that led him to believe that I could not achieve more. And so in my work as an educator, I am uh, wholeheartedly committed to ensuring that our schools are schools that serve every kid no matter what zip code what uh the color of their skin is what their socioeconomic status is and so um as a i started off as a teacher i worked in a middle school i was a middle school assistant principal then became a a school principal at a very young age um I was 20 years younger than the average principal in South Carolina. And I was committed, and still am, I was committed to ensuring that my school uh, served all kids. And through that work, I realized that um, we had a lot of successes. But there were, and because of my experiences going to Columbia University, having mentors and coaches coach me through that, I was able to confront and do the school turnaround that most new leaders are not able to do. Um, and so now I am at a place, and and I'm deeply committed to ensuring that leaders across our schools in the United States have support and have ongoing coaching to ensure that they stay in our schools and serve our kids the way they deserve to be uh, educated.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's get into the story of the beginning of the Pavone leadership firm. You know, there's a lot of Educators who get into this entrepreneurship game and they sit back and they think about, okay, how am I going to start this business? I'm looking at my talents, my skills, what I'm already doing in my classroom, what people are recognizing me for, what do I enjoy doing? How did you dis- discover what your natural talents were, and how did you make those, take those, and turn that into a business?
1: Yeah, so I think over time, um, I believe in reflective uh, leadership. And so um, I'm very reflective about my practices, what I'm good at, the areas that I'm not doing well at. Um, I'm a big, a a huge cheerleader for for seeking feedback. And so through my uh, last 10 years in schools, I have um, asked people like, hey, even from a leadership standpoint, what am I doing well and what am I not doing well? What do you think we, what are the areas that you believe we've had the most success with and what are the areas that still need a lot of attention? Um, and I was very open about that throughout my, throughout my, my journey. And through that, um, you know, when people, other people can, can be real with you and share with you from, from the teacher perspective, from the leader perspective, from students, from parents, they will share with you um, what you're really good at. And so for me, um, through the feedback process, also through uh, strength finders, you know, like Gallup Foundation has strength finders, they have business profile. So just really bringing, I had to take some time to really reflect on if I were to go out and start a firm, what are the strengths that I would bring to the table? And then where would I need to balance myself? and what type of people would I need to add to my team to ensure that uh, we're doing the work that we're setting out to do. Mm. Um, and so, I hope that answers my question. <laughs>
0: good, good, good. So as human beings, you know, we can talk ourselves out of almost anything. What gave you this belief in yourself that you could actually start your own business?
1: Um. I think first you, it's the belief of believing in myself and believing that I am capable of doing this work and knowing where I need to grow and going, not being vulnerable enough to go out and ask for help and ask for coaching. And so um, for me, I knew that I have designed a, school, a charter school application, the whole process before. I've ran a turnaround organization. Um, And I was, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but as a principal, you're essentially overseeing all aspects of the school, the community partnerships, your students achieving, your teachers hiring in in charter schools particularly. Um, So all aspects, you're overseeing this. And I figured, you know what? If I can learn how to really lean into this and learn how to do it for this school community, I believe that what I have, the gift that I have to offer the world, um, eventually I'm going to have to step out of this school to do that work. And uh, so for me, it was the first believing in myself and knowing that I was enough and then two. Uh, being open and leaning into to the growth and, and being a sponge and absorbing everything. And so I've taken uh, the design process of how to design a charter school, right, how to design a, a business, I have leaned into mentors, who know, the legal aspect, the business aspect. And um, I I decided to, to do this. And I had to really think about what I had to lean into my strengths as well and believe into and believe in that. Um, because if we don't believe in ourselves and our, and what we are out to offer and our services, no one is going to do that more uh, for us than
0: ourselves. And it's interesting that you say that because, you know, all human beings, when they look at their, when you tell people to look at their strengths, you know, they'll go, well, you know, I'm doing, I can do this well. I can do this well. I can do this well. And what others normally see, as a strength of what you're good at, a lot of times people are blind to themselves what they can actually do and then when you look at teachers who they're writing these lesson plans they're 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 teaching you know students of all varying levels uh, according to writ scores, et cetera, and you go to them and say, "You're pretty good at this, you may need to start presenting at conferences or you may need to you know." Start a hustle, a consulting, because you got this. Who me? What What do you mean? Because they don't see it
1: exactly. in themselves.
0: They don't see that they are capable, right. of doing that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So and I want to.
1: Yeah. No. And I think it's it's. I believe that the job of any leader is to empower the people that are working on their team. Um, And so that is so critical and that happens so often. Um, And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people where I'm like, wow, like you're really good at that. And, and that's the, you get essentially what you shared is the reaction that a lot of um, teachers share the the surprising like me. Wow. Like I never thought, thought of it outside of the box or outside of this classroom.
0: So I want to get into knowing your worth and charging what you're worth. Did you ever have any hangups for charging for your work? And what do you say to those teachers who believe that as teachers, we should be giving away lesson plans or doing webinars or doing these speaking engagements for free? I see the smile on your face, I see the smile on your face. Yeah,
1: so um, all the time, to answer your question, do do I ever have hangups? Yes, I do. Because if, because frankly, I could do this because I love this work and I, I love to see others empowered and school communities empowered, I would do it for free. However, this is how I plan to um, build generational wealth. This is how I plan to support me, my family, and live the life that I believe that is for me. And um this is the, the, how I'm achieving that. And so I also know the value add that I have on teams, on leaders, on organizations. And because I am clear on that, I am confident in what I am in the, in what I am charging. Um, and so in terms of the, do I believe that teachers should be giving away lessons for free? Uh, You know, in the education world, there's this, um, there's this mindset of like sharing is caring, you know, like you just seal what that person has and you make it better. Why? Because it's for kids, um, and not for us. Here's what I think. I I I would say to that. Um, are we still there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what I would say to that is, you have to you have to crawl before you can walk, right? And um, and walk before you can run. And I would say that from the jump, because you're building a lesson plan does not mean that, and someone wants it, doesn't mean that it's time to charge, right? Like seek feedback, share the lesson plan, seek feedback, refine it, make it better. So use, I would say, use a platform that you have right now. Um, Refine the product that it is that you're offering, get feedback on it. And then make it into something, package it into something that people would actually pay for, right? So the advice that I would give is um, not just because you, because you build a lesson plan or, a, a, you know, something within education that you automatically go out there and charge. Because I think sometimes people believe that. You have to put in the practice. You have to put it, refine whatever that, that product is and get it to a point where, it's, where, where it actually works and you're getting results. And you can say, hey, this is the value that this product has. And, um, you know, and so here's how much I would charge for it. So that's, that's what I would say to that.
0: Hmm. So please walk me through the type of coaching and strategic planning that the Pavone Leadership Group provides.
1: Yeah, so um, if we think back to back to when we were in school and we think about like that best lesson that we've had, where we just remember learning something. We probably remember that lesson because someone took us through an experience, right. Um, an experience that has, has stayed with us, a memory. And I believe that the best learning happens through experience. And so while I could do and I do uh, keynote speeches and um, you know one day consulting things. I, I really believe in the power of taking leaders and teams through the experience of learning real life experiences, not like a textbook example, and then you're expected to go in and apply whatever from paper to you know to the actual work and so with that said, our firm, we, all of our coaching is research-based coaching, all practice, the practices that we utilize, the steps that we coach through are actionable bite size coaching steps, right? Sometimes we tell a person, we coach a person and we, we spend the whole coaching session talking the whole time. I believe that the one who's doing the talking is doing the learning. Mm. I can't, I see. In fact, yesterday I was, um, there was a a, a person coaching someone next to me but the coach was talking the entire session and i'm wondering this person must be overwhelmed (laughs) by everything that that they're that they're sharing right now and so um i just believe in taking someone through you know strategically the art of asking questions and getting someone to to that aha moment and then real time practicing with them so that they're able to go And and try out those bite-sized coaching steps. Come back, get the feedback, improve, refine, and then going through that cycle. And so that's what I believe in. And that's what people get through through our coaching. Um, We also are really big on self-awareness and mindfulness practices. So again, change happens in our communities, for our teams, for our students, when we start with ourselves first. We cannot go and, and transform the work if we're not really putting the mirror up to ourselves. And I, and I really, um, we coach from, from that standpoint. So we offer leadership coaching. Those are, that can be a one-on-one session, a series of one-on-one sessions or group coaching. So I've taken leadership teams and we've gone through different uh, coaching sessions. Some of them have to do with the culture of the team, some of it has to do around decision-making. How do we make decisions? Some of it is around um, the practice of using um, data to, to create a, a vision or create an action plan. Professional development, so for staffs, um, so these are typically group settings. Um, anywhere from, doesn't matter, five to 300 people, it does, we, we can get it done. Um, with, with our firm, I really believe like I we have just a gift, particularly me, I have a gift for adult learning. Um, there are a lot of people that are teaching adults and they have figured it out over time, but I could literally go, I can tell you how adults learn best, I can customize in the moment beforehand however and and build a learning program where people literally leave and can implement whatever they learned that very next day um and so and then there's the strategic organizational management so we really help people program design so let's say you have a vision you're like hey we know that we need to implement this program in our organization we offer we do the data behind it we bring it all together and create clear action plans, um, consider, you know, the stakeholders, who's involved, what would it take to get there, all the resources, all of that. But the, the best part about it is that we, I eventually, this is not, I eventually want to teach people how to take what we teach them to the point where they can go and do it on their own without me. And most people, consultants probably wouldn't say that. They probably would say, hey, I want them to keep coming back to me, which is great. Like, if you need the help and, and the coaching, please do. But I want to build capacity in the mm-hmm. leaders and the people, the teams that we coach. That is my goal. That is uh, my belief. And that's what the Pavone firm is out to do.
0: Wow. I like that. I like that. So how do you find clients? You know, because if you're, if you're not finding clients, you know, particularly if this is your full-time thing, you're you're not eating, you know, you're not uh, having the lights on. Uh, So how do you find them? Who is your ideal client? Because you can't be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. And how do you stand out from other consultants who may be doing similar work?
1: Yeah. So um, how do I find my clients? So that's obviously still a, it's always a learning process. And as we continue this business, we're still refining, but I had to learn, I had to learn how to leverage my networks. I have some, some really strong networks. And I think most people, when you really sit down and think about all the people that you know, in different industries and you strategize on how to connect, build relationships, give to them. And then also them. It's an ecosystem, right? And so I have had to learn. I've had to learn how to really leverage my network, um, and starting there. And I I remember very early on when I first started the firm, I met with um, a person who's who's doing an amazing job in this industry, and she said, "Listen, like you don't have to worry about when you're doing when you're living your purpose and your work is clear and you're passionate about it." And you're good at it people are just going to come to you word is going to get out and so you don't have to necessarily worry about flashing your services at everyone and and you know boasting about all these things And so um and that's that's where the stage that i'm at right now i'm also very strategically we also strategically plan how we are scaling out and how we're going to like I said, for me, it's all in my, in my network.
0: So what would you say is the most important things or characteristics educators need at becoming an entrepreneur?
1: The most important characteristics. Uh, Yeah. So I actually didn't answer your previous question. Who's my ideal client. And I wanted, I do want to answer that question. Uh, my ideal client is, uh, either a mid-level leader or a senior leader, specifically in education, uh, who manages a team and is within, um, they are new to a leadership position within year one to five. So first and fifth year of their position. Um, and so in terms of what are the most important characteristics that educators need to be great at entrepreneurship, number one is, um, resilience and perseverance so this work is not for the the you know the weak. Um, you have to know that you are probably going to experience more failures than successes and it is going to take you knowing that understanding that being prepared and bouncing back um to find a solution to to the things that pre- you know to the challenges and the things that present themselves I also believe that having a clear vision and a clear action plan for how you are going to execute. Um, You know, I went through this phase as well, where I was trying to figure out like, who am I serving? What am I doing? And I would just tell people what my mission was and what our purpose was. And when people would look at me like, I don't even know what that is. What, what is that? I knew, okay, let me take the, let me go back to the drawing board, and let me get clear on what it is that I'm offering, and, and this is something that I constantly come back to. I want to make sure that my vision is crystal clear, and I'm sure I'm still going to continue to do more work around that. Um, and then also, be prepared, like if, if you're going directly out of the classroom or for, from the school building directly into like straight entrepreneurship, just know. That you're no longer bringing in a study paycheck, that um you are not gonna have just health benefits, you know like the consistency that comes with with having a, a job with the school it's just not it when you are just an you know an entrepreneur entrepreneur out here, so um just making a plan and having a strategy for that um, and the, I think those are are the are the key pieces to to this entrepreneurship and leveraging your networks like you cannot do this don't do it by yourself it's not gonna work you gotta if you're gonna go out as an entrepreneurship leverage your network coaches mentors and all that good stuff so
0: so since embarking on this journey what sort of feedback have you received or sought after from other uh now i'm losing my sight because i'm thinking about the dopeness you just said uh what are some of the feedback you received from other entrepreneurs
1: um so first off let me say this i ask for feedback all the time even people that i don't know i'm like so what are your you know just what do you think what was what worked for you what didn't work what could i do better etc so um i ask feedback feedback on clarity so is my content clear is my message clear I ask for feedback for, on small things that really matter, like, um, is my grammar correct? You know, editing, getting a few eyes on, on what I'm producing out there. Um, I ask for feedback on marketing strategies, what works, what doesn't work. That's a whole new world to me that frankly, as a principal, I had a marketing team. They did the marketing for the school and the community. And so for me, i it's been such a learning curve and, um, I've had to seek out feedback and coaches in that area, um, feedback on business models, you know, like what, what is my business model? Why? Um, what does a budgeting process look like? How much money should go into this? Where should I start? Sometimes we want to, we want to notice, like my website is actually launching this week and this is now six months into my firm. Um, and I just wanted to ensure that the product that I was putting out there, that I had a clear vision and all that good stuff. Sometimes people get stuck on the colors of the company and the business cards of the company. And, uh, and, but like, you're still not clear on what you're offering. And so, um, for me, it's, it's all around like, what should come first? I've sought out feedback. Where should I start first? What should I really be focusing on? Um, and all that. And then also, you know, Based off of this content, who do you think I'm targeting? Who's my target audience? Am I am I attracting the wrong audience, or am I attracting the the right audience? And so um, that that's the type of feedback that I've sought out.
0: So before we go, how are you using social platforms like LinkedIn or? Uh, Instagram. I've been seeing you on LinkedIn talking about your, your, your videos, the school to prison pipeline. I'm, I see you out there. And in light of what we're seeing from our colleagues in California, Denver now talking about striking, uh, how important is it for educators to create multiple streams of income?
1: Yeah. Wow. It's, um, It's absolutely critical. Um, You know, I think that that it's something that that has always bothered me and still does is that the work of a teacher is incredibly hard. Um, And the people that are on the front lines are people that genuinely, for the most part, love this work and are committed to it, and, and we need to do a better job in general of um, paying our teachers more. With that said, um, for me, I'm, I'm utilizing the social, just not only LinkedIn, but social platforms, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, and my websites will be coming out this week. Um, but there's two things that that I'm, I'm thinking about. One is, I have a message. I have a gift um, that I've been given that I am giving to the world. All right. Let me just say this. I had a very hard time with social media when I started my company. Be- why? Because um, for me, as a although I'm a millennial, I'm on the latter end of millennials, and I just, as a principal, I a turnaround principal, I was like laser focused on turning around my school. So I wasn't on LinkedIn. I wasn't really on Instagram. In fact, my students would laugh at me because I didn't know how to, um, my former students, I didn't know how to do an Insta story or, you know, and so they would literally teach me how to do all of those things. And I had to break out of that box. And no, I had to, at first, and I, and this is the, the mindset with a lot of education. the lens in which I, I I show up on social media, um, that has helped a lot in terms of the content that I'm putting out. So that's number one. Um, so I use LinkedIn to share, like you said, the school to prison pipeline. Um, there's That's something I'm passionate about. And in this work, I want to be able to bring awareness to the issues that matter to me. And in that process, I believe that I can give and I have been giving. It's been awesome to hear the feedback. I mean, leaders calling me like, oh, I tried that and today and it worked, it, you know, and, and that is so empowering. Um, and so giving is number one. And um, part of that is empowering, offering resources. And then the second part is building relationships and learning um, from other people. And so, It's, it's LinkedIn is, is really, it's really cool because I've met so many people on on LinkedIn that have the mindset of building professional relationships and learning from each other and empowering each other. I know that I recorded my first video. I don't know if you saw this, but my very first video that I posted on LinkedIn, the reason why I posted it was because of um, this challenge that Sher Jones had shared on, on LinkedIn, where she challenged people like by that Friday to post their first video. And I did that. And so it's just an awesome way to connect, um, and engage, comment, uh, message people. I've also gotten opportunities to keynote, um, this podcast, this, you know, opportunity with, with you, uh, Dr. Will. And so there's just, it's a place to build relationships and learn.
0: You need to get on Twitter.
1: You know, I am on Twitter and it's linked to my Instagram.
0: Okay. It's part of the
1: plan. Any advice you have there with Twitter?
0: Twitter is amazing. I actually wrote my dissertation on teachers using Twitter for professional development. Uh, Cool. Yes, like LinkedIn, you can build relationships, but it's a lot more laid back. You know, LinkedIn, you got to, you got to, you know, wear that tight ponytail or the bun. You know, and 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 the, and the Twitter is it. You can just let that natural hair just do what it's gonna do. It's a, a it's a a type of relationship that you can build with people where not only are you able to learn from other you know entrepreneurs, other admins, other educators, and and be able to connect with people whether they work in the coaching space and they work with actual. Well, not actual, but they work with people outside of education. You're able to still sort of connect with a lot of people, but again, it's you know a lot more laid back. And then you'll have people also sharing things about their their lives, right? So if they are at a conference, you'll see a lot more pictures from people speaking at a conference, presenting at a conference, a book signing. You'll see a lot more of that on Twitter than you will on LinkedIn. And you may have someone go, you know, you know, my child today just, you know, won the spelling bee. And people are like, oh, congratulations. Well, on LinkedIn, you post certain things like this is LinkedIn. This is not Facebook. We don't want to see this stuff over here. Uh, but but you would do great. Like I found, because I have a documentary coming out called The Edupreneur. And I found most of the people, well, all of the people that are in the documentary, I know them first from Twitter. And it's just a great,
1: hmm.
0: it's, a, it's a great spot. You know, once you start doing it, I'm telling you, I love it. I like LinkedIn, but Twitter's my jam.
1: Okay, that sounds good. I'll look into it. I'll get on that.
0: Awesome, awesome. Look at you over here. You're dropping so many gems today. <laughs> I love it, I love, love it. So I just wanna throw ask you, since we're talking about the social media piece and you're doing the gram and such, what do you decide how much of your work or yourself to share? Like, you know, do you just go with sort of what flows, comes natural into your mind? Or do you have like a plan to say, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, yes.
1: Yeah. um, So I think that I'm approaching particularly Instagram because Instagram is like, I could go any, any way. Mm -hmm. Um, and the way I approach it is if I were to do this as a school principal, would it be okay? Mm. So for me, that's how I, I think about it. Um, and so with that, I think that what I'm learning is that Instagram is really for people to see, to like get to know you like as a person, right? And um for me, there are things that are really important to me as a person and then to my company. And so I just strike the balance between how much am I sharing about me so that you can genuinely get to know me as a coach? Like I want people to know me as, as Noemi, the, the coach. And because it's real, it's real work. You don't, when you coach someone, you're not coaching from a, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like, uh, it's not transactional, it's transformational work. And so Pete, you have to build that relationship. And so yeah, I I approach it as if I were this is this it's still professional um but I I try to strike the balance between my personal and and professional.
0: Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Thank you Noemi for coming on the show.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Dr. Will.
0: Anytime. You're welcome back anytime. Now people, you know how I do this. This podcast will be put on cast iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe, follow, leave reviews, share it on your networks, because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show, and I need her to know that we're doing big things around here. Again, I would like to thank my guest, Noemi, for coming on the show. As always, people, invest in you. EDU. you. Peace.